0: Look at you playing the one highlight <laughs> from the Dallas Cowboys from last night. Uh, huh? oh, no,
1: I, was that a highlight? That's what I was just wishing that they would have done on the final play of the game instead of what they uh, did. Just throw it up to 88 and see if they can make a play. Well, Ooh.
0: you know, I, I've i heard and seen a lot of the uh, critique of the final play. But... I. You, you got to understand what's happening there, and I'm not trying to suggest that it was some great play, but they've got the entire length of the field to go. They're trying to set up one of those rugby plays where they've got everyone spread out, and they're trying to lateral it all over the field, and I it. it j- the problem with it is like, you're not going to have success in that situation. It's like one in a million. Yeah. Well, so it it just draws a lot of criticism. It's like everyone tries to encapsulate the entire day off of that one play, but which I understand, like I get it. It's not a good look to end a football game.
1: I wish they would have uh, snapped it to Dak. Dak puts the ball on a tee, just turns around and kicks it off like 20 yards and Cavante Turpin catches it in the air and just take your chances. <laughs> like every time
0: kick I kick off to your own player. <laughs> every time I
1: watch Cavante Turpin take a kickoff back and he gets some momentum behind him, I'm like, he's he's gonna score a touchdown. And unfortunately yeah. I feel that way because I've seen it before. I remember the twenty eighteen OU TCU game in Fort Worth where uh. OU gets a penalty because Marquise Brown and CeeDee Lamb do the rock, paper, scissors in the end zone that they had done all year long, but it was flagged for some reason, and Cavante Turpin takes the kickoff back. It's like, oh, yeah, it's familiar every time I see him.
0: Yep. Yeah, that was a good football game, low scoring. Um, San Francisco is just a good, solid, all-around football team. There's not a lot. like they When they can kind of remain in control of the football game with their defense and not have to do a whole lot on offense uh, to open it up, and they can just, you know, remain conservative and and not force Purdy to have to make a bunch of throws. They're dangerous, man. I think the only way to beat them is somehow jump up to an early lead on them and and be able to stretch it out to where at some point they've got to ditch the conservative play calling and – you have to force Brock Purdy to try and beat you, which you know against a team as well balanced as they are, with that roster on offensive defense, that's going to be incredibly tough.
1: Is CD not a dog though? Oh, he is uh, just incredible. He's he's special. Really coming to his uh, into his own in the league. He was great last night. He deserves a little bit better, a lot better of what he has at quarterback, especially big moments. But CeeDee Lamb, um, so far in his career early on, he's lived up to that first-round draft pick that he had, first-round selection. He's good, man.
0: Boy, um, yeah, Prescott on 37 attempts threw for 206 yards and a couple of interceptions, one touchdown. It was not Should a great outing. Should have had a pick Audi. six,
1: too. Like, when they're driving yeah. to go do, t- tie it, he's lucky there wasn't a pick six. It's just uh, every Cowboys fan is, yeah, that's 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 what you get with him. No one's
0: surprised. Right. What do you think? I mean.
1: I, <sighs> Trading for Brock Purdy, that's what I think. Straight <laughs> across.
0: <laughs> it would be worth it just to, uh, like, the the best thing about Brock Purdy right now, I I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think he's great. I think he's he's capable with that roster that they have right now. The beauty of it, man, he's on a, a the smallest rookie deal that you could possibly have for a drafted player. You know, yeah, you've got nothing in the guy at all, and you can you can supplement your roster around. Like everyone else is paying their quarterback fifty million bucks right now, it makes it spread pretty thin around the rest of the roster. Think about that advantage. You've got a capable guy that you've got at the league minimum for, what, four more years or three more years, and everyone else like that you're up against is going to be paying, you know, $40, $50 million for their quarterback. Helps you keep that defense, that is, that's for
1: sure, Oh, man. my gosh. Yeah.
0: It's incredible. Well, uh, a former
1: Sooner is going to get a Super Bowl ring this year. You got Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson. Versus Trent Williams Mm -hmm. on uh, Sunday afternoon. I I know Grant Calcaterra and um, Kennedy Brooks are with the Eagles as well. Then you got Blake Bell, Creed Humphrey, Orlando Brown, and James Winchester. Versus Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. So a former Sooner will be getting a ring this uh, NFL season, which is pretty cool. OU's got the most active players left in the playoffs in all of college football. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, They've
1: got nine. Michigan has seven. Florida, Georgia, and Ohio State have six. Clemson, Nebraska, USC have five.
0: Well, I thought Jacksonville did a good job pushing Kansas City. Um, you know they just couldn't couldn't hang on to the football late. Um, that was that was going to be a really really good football game. It looked like there down the stretch. Um, Giants were outmatched by Philly. And how about how about the Bengals going into the Buffalo in the snow? And Joe Burrow just getting Jeez. it done. That was awesome. Gosh. They Dude's get
1: up 14 nothing, and the Bills threaten. But um, the offseason conversation in the NFL will probably be – well, I think last year it was like the AFC has the big three, right? It's going to be Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen for their foreseeable future. It kind of feels like it's going to be Burrow and Mahomes. And Allen's, like, really, really good. And maybe the Bills jump up one year and finally get back to a Super Bowl. But it feels like it could be Burrow and Mahomes for a long time in the AFC, which that's the most fun quarterback matchup that the NFL has to offer at this point.
0: I know it. I know it. And Cincinnati went in and did it to them a year ago. Can they pull that off again? I don't know, man. I – Kansas City didn't blow me away uh, over the weekend. Cincinnati, like, if you get Burrow and Chase hot, I, I think they can beat anyone on any given day. So, I, actually, I, I think the, the final four, the conference championships, are exactly who you want to see at this point. Yeah, I think you got your teams. four best teams.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Hey, uh, which current college football head coach – said this about a particular quarterback playing this Sunday. Um, quote, you're below average in height. Your arm strength is whatever. Your accuracy is average. Which well-known college football coach said that about what starter in the NFL that's playing on Sunday?
0: Um, is there all, Did he also say you throw like a girl?
1: Um, no, it's not, urban it's not, Meyer? it's not urban Meyer, not urban. Meyer. Uh, no, I thought you were
0: going to say it's urban Meyer to Joe burrow. <laughs> um,
1: you're below average in average? heights. Your arm strength is whatever your accuracy is average. This is, uh, what this coach said to this player when he visited his school in, in, when he was being recruited. Uh,
0: it's gotta be Brock Purdy visiting. Yes. Halfway uh, there. Um, who would have said that? Right. It doesn't doesn't sound like a Saban type of quote. Maybe it is.
1: It's Nick Sabin. That's what is it. Saban. That's what Saban said to Brock Purdy when he visited <laughs> Alabama. You're below average in height. Your arm strength is whatever. Which interesting.
0: Your I agree. Accuracy is, is whatever.
1: Your accuracy is average. Mister Irrelevant yeah. playing in an FC
0: title. Well. Here's the thing. Of all of the quarterbacks left in the – now, I know he's – he's he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draft, and we're measuring him against Burrow, Mahomes, and I know that um, – oh, my God, why can I not even say his name right now? Hurts. Jeez.
1: Teddy doesn't think Jalen Hurts uh, is a sooner if he can name all the other quarterbacks except uh, him. Wow. Well, he's
0: getting thrown in with the with the big group. But I here's the thing. I his his accuracy is kind of average. I mean he's a he's like a, a mid sixties completion percentage guy, which is, you know, fine. He's I, I wouldn't say that he's got a capable arm. I wouldn't say he's not Mahomes or I would I would say he's not even Burrow. Um, but you know what? It doesn't matter. He's good enough to get it done on San Francisco's roster. Yeah, and he's cheap.
1: Most important thing. Yeah, you can keep the uh, you can keep Debo and some of those other pieces around uh, that Heck defense yeah. as well. Let, let me roll through a few texts here. We're not going to hijack uh, the show with NFL conversation today. Purdy might not have a big contract, but good old Trey Lance does. Uh Frisco sooner says Cavante Turpin scores on the kickoff return of the second half. If he just cuts left or right and said he runs yeah. right into the back of his own player, I agree with that Frisco sooner. Um, he kind
0: of ran into the kicker too. Yeah, like he ran yeah. kind of both of them, which you know, maybe the angle the kicker was coming in, like he he was kind of cut off on on where exactly to go. It's hard to see from that angle, but yeah.
1: Uh all of that is true uh regarding um Regarding Brock Purdy, says a texture from the 405. Nick says, hashtag Sean Payton for Cowboys head coach, 918. Dak has got to go. Dallas will never win anything with that quarterback absorbing $40 million. And uh, I wish I could retweet our text line sometimes because I would retweet that.
0: Well, okay. I, I get it. I do. But the, the, the question though is where are you gonna go what do you, what do you who are you gonna get who are you gonna play I don't Teddy
1: I quit asking me like the, the hard <laughs> questions okay I just for right now it's emotional and I want to get rid of that 40 million dollar contract for I someone know. else okay I know you're supposed to at least wait until June or July to say well who else are you gonna get?
0: Yeah, well, just
1: let us all have our moment here.
0: I'm I'm writing that down in my calendar now with an alert to ask you who else you're <laughs> going to get in June.
1: Well, that is a that is a June conversation, I assure you that. Um to tie things back into OU, which it's, it's always cool to see uh, Mixon and p in the same backfield oh, yeah. in Cincinnati just because they shared the same backfield at OU. I would uh, be interested in what the text line thinks of um like, best OU running back duos that played together where that where that duo would rank. Because in, in the fans, in the um, eyes of OU fans, those two guys are always going to be linked. Because they yep. played here together, and they've played in the NFL together. Like, you're just always going to view those two guys as a duo, most likely. Which is pretty cool.
0: No, I Yeah, it is. It's great. Uh, Perini came in as a true freshman. Like... I don't know, four hundred pound bencher, six hundred pound squatter. I don't know, however much he can fit on the bar. I guess uh, he he is made for the role that he plays, right? Just low to the ground, just tough as nails. The frame that he has is just so rock solid. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna blow you away in the open field, make a guy miss and outrun the safety to the pylon. That's not his game. His game is, he's like 18 inches off the ground, knees and elbows churning, and he's going to get you four or five every single time. It's
1: dependable. You know what you're going to get with him.
0: Dependable. And he's he had, going to protect. And in, he had a great run yesterday
1: game. where he carried the pile like an extra oh, five yeah. yards for a first down. He's great to have on the roster.
0: Oh, yeah, he's excellent. I got, stuff like that just ignites the team, too, like on the sideline and, and the rest of the guys in the huddle. When you see an effort like that, it just it, it motivates the heck out of the rest of the team. So, yeah, man, I I don't know. There's probably <laughs> – I was going to say statistically there may be some duos that were quite a bit better, but I don't know. They were pretty daggum good well, statistically, he rides too. the
1: all-time leading rusher in school history. Uh, you have that.
0: Single game, yeah.
1: And, well, single game and career. He broke the career mark as well, remember, in the Sugar Bowl? Did he really? Yeah. Okay. The, it, you don't remember in the Sugar Bowl when he broke the career That's right. rushing yeah. mark? Yeah. Single, That's right. single game and um, in career. And then Joe Mixon, of course, in uh, 15 and 16 had, had great years. Uh, yeah. Text line says, Greg Pruitt and Joe Washington is tough to beat. And I would, yeah. I would agree with that, yes.
0: Well, there's going to be uh, – you know, whenever you're talking about that, you know, the – the wishbone offense, and you got a couple of halfbacks back there. And, gosh, even a lot of them had four guys, the quarterback, the fullback, and the two halfbacks that were all all-timers. So, yeah, it's going to be hard on on some of those because, you know, those are run-oriented offenses and everything was built around that. But, you know, I, I would counter that by saying these two guys – uh, the backfield duo they were in, in the passing era is, just makes it even that more impressive.
1: I love this text from the 918s. Uh, where does Joe Mixon and Samaje Pirine rank as duos in OU history? This one says second behind Barnes and Sawchuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sims and King says Brazilian Sooner, yes. Uh, Peyton says Pirine was also a 45-year-old man as a freshman. Yeah. Uh Chapstick says don't forget Rodney Anderson was on the same roster as P. Ryan and Mixon. The running back room was ridiculous. Rodney Anderson really started coming into his own in 2017 after those yeah. two guys left. But yeah, fair point, Chapstick. I think a duo that we didn't see a whole lot of but might be a little underrated is what would that what year was that? I guess it was 2006. When OU was able Patrick to have and yeah, no uh, Patrick and uh, Adrian Peterson, you had Dang. that duo for the Fiesta Bowl that year. Like that's it was pretty it was pretty filthy.
0: So he's he, he Patrick was a part of two great duos then, right? He was there with Adrian and with Demarco, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: DeMarco. yeah, yeah, I guess so, huh?
0: Wow, the glue that held it all together, Al Patrick.
1: He was man, yeah. And, by the way, like Burrow and Jamar Chase, mostly Burrow, gets all the attention for the Cincinnati Bengals, and rightfully so. But Joe Mixon's carved out a heck of an NFL career as well. Oh, yeah. And I just noticed yesterday that, you know, the captain patches that they have, he's one of the team captains for for the Bengals.
0: That's what happens when you sign a massive contract. Yeah.
1: Put that that patch on your jersey.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty impressive. In 16 – they both rushed for over 1,000 yards, 1,200 uh, for Mixon, uh, 1060 for uh, Perini, and shared 22 touchdowns, 12 for Samajee, 10 for uh, Mixon. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff there. They, And in 15, I think the, the numbers were pretty good but just kind of flipped. One of those years, and it may have been – it was 15 that uh, – Samaje was kind of fighting through that ankle for a big chunk of the season, right, and even had to come out in the uh, the semifinal game.
1: Yeah, 14 he got hurt in the Bedlam game, which they were yep. up like two scores pretty consistently, and the game flipped when he got hurt. But, yeah, 15 I, I think is right. It, Mix, uh, Mixon's first year was 2015. So, yeah,
0: I think that's correct. Yep. Well, there you go. Good to see those guys balling in the league. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Hit us on the text line, 651-3439. Uh, a lot of good stuff to get into. I heard you guys chatting on Load Up the last hour. I guess we got some recruiting drama. So that'll be fun to, to oh, yeah. hear what the people think about that. That was an interesting conversation. Stay tuned. More from The Rush coming up.
1: It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Keep those texts coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. And maybe help out Teddy with this uh, random OU trivia question that I'm about to throw his way because uh, Mm. after researching some – well, initially I was going to come up with, like, hey, what's the most exciting uh, non-conference opponent OUs have this year? And then I thought to myself, wait a minute. When's the last time OUs played a non-conference opponent? and they've had a winning record at the end of the season. So text line, help Teddy out with that. Can you tell me the last FBS opponent OU played in the non-conference regular season that finished with a winning record?
0: Okay. Um, Now that's an interesting one. Yeah. You're telling me that it's been a long time since anyone had a winning record? I
1: wasn't searching for this today. I just kind of – randomly ran into it essentially. I it's it's interesting.
0: Okay. So this year definitely not the case. Correct. Um, and you're saying anyone, it's not just anyone, doesn't just have man. to be a Power 5.
1: Yeah, no, it's f- okay? f- FBS. FBS.
0: FBS. Um Let's see. I'm having a heart <laughs> I'm having a hard time uh, going like, back to remember in who we played.
1: Just, just guess a random year, and we'll get to it.
0: Um, I think it was probably 2016,
1: 2017, 2022. This past year, UTEP was five and seven. Kent State was five and seven. Nebraska was four and eight. Not 2022. 2021. Uh, Tulane was two and ten. Western mm-hmm. Carolina. I didn't even look at theirs. Not FBS and Nebraska was 3 and 9. 2020 right. you only played Missouri, Missouri State during the COVID year, that's not FBS. 2019, Jalen Hurts year for reference, Houston was Houston. 4 and 8, South Dakota not FBS, UCLA was 4 and 8 that year. 2018 you opened up with Florida Atlantic, they were 5 and 7. You also played Army that year 6 and 6. But you played UCLA at home, and they finished 9-4. and four.
0: Kyler Murray's year, oh, UCLA at home. It's the
1: last time you played a non-conference opponent, FBS, that finished with the winning record.
0: I thought I was going to get it at 17 when You're we played Ohio close. State.
1: Yeah, no, if not that UCLA team, it would have been Ohio State. It's nuts.
0: Wow. You know, I was also thinking, and I don't know why I was uh, – why I came across this last night or yesterday, but I was thinking about it. Like, it's crazy – how many SEC bowl games that we've played over, like, the last 20 years?
1: Um, it feels it's like that's incredible. the only bowl games that they've played in the past 20 years.
0: Yeah. You go back to that Ole Miss game in 99 and count that, it's like you've played, like, half of the SEC in bowl games.
1: Okay, so you've played um, – I'm going to start in the SEC West. You've played A&M. You've yes. played Ole Miss. You've played uh-huh. uh, both Auburn and Alabama. You've,
0: and LSU.
1: And LSU, and you've also played Arkansas. So and is, Arkansas. Is Mississippi yeah. State the only team in the SEC West you haven't played in a bowl game since 99? I think so. Uh, SEC East, you've played Florida. You've played Georgia. Um, I think that's it
0: in the that's,
1: Haven't played Tennessee, not Kentucky. No, we've,
0: but we've. We've played we've played Tennessee in non-conference right and we have a history with Missouri obviously. Um, I Have we ever played South Carolina?
1: I want to say It'd have to be way back. Yeah I I, I don't know for sure one I, I feel like I've I've been presented with this information recently and I feel like the answer was like maybe one time but don't quote me on that one.
0: Now, I know we've played Kentucky. It's probably been a while, but didn't we beat their ass in the Sugar Bowl or something? Or did we lose to them?
1: Did, is that the year they lost to them in 1950?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dang nice it. job. Did we beat their
1: ass? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, uh,
0: well, they were a football school then, and they're a football school once again. Yeah. So it's all coming full circle. Kansas, uh, North Carolina, Kentucky. Uh, Hell, even Duke, they're all turning into football schools. Basketball's fading.
1: Does this surprise you it's been that long since OU's played a non-conference opponent with the winning record?
0: Yeah. Actually, it does. And this year, is it going to change at all?
1: I don't know much about SMU this year um, or the rest of their conference. Tulsa's interesting. Tulsa's – they got a nice little coaching staff going on up there. They've signed a, a lot of former five-star players, I believe, via the portal. Tulsa could be um Tulsa could be really? interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kevin they got Wilson. the quarterback
0: coming back, right? One of them, I think what, one of them? two were in the yeah. portal,
1: maybe one came back.
0: Okay. Yeah. Don't lose don't <laughs> lose lose <laughs> Tulsa in the non-conference. Don't, Come on. Don't do that. I, I
1: can't. I can't do it.
0: Well, that uh, takes you to be out there. Hell,
1: you went six and seven. You're not guaranteed to win against nobody.
0: Be, let's just hire Kevin Wilson. Let's go. Oh, do yeah. it. Kevin Wilson. Pull the trigger.
1: Um, you, you mentioned the drama last segment. Boy, I – Yeah,
0: I, what was going on? I, what, I, th-
1: I have no idea. I thought it was just going to be a random Monday. Like, hey, guys, like – Michael Hawkins Jr. was supposed to commit a week from tomorrow, but sounds like he's pushing his commitment date back. So we started there, and people started saying that he's not any good. And then we got to Jeff Lebby and everyone – well, not everyone. There were some, a select few, saying that he's only using OU for a pay raise elsewhere, just like Carl's Jr. and just like Muleshoe.
0: So suggesting that he came to OU – only as a a quick one stop in order to go somewhere I, else. Is I, that it? I guess. Or, that or was is the it to say to that, that
1: text? I don't know.
0: Was it that, or was it that he's using the uh, the rumors to try and get a pay raise from Oklahoma?
1: I think it was. Well, he he was, uh, or this person was comparing Levy to Mule Shoe and Caleb Williams. Both those guys left. So I'm guessing that he's saying that he's going to leave just like the other ones, using OU as a pay raise.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Uh, also
1: compared him to David Hicks as well, which was fascinating.
0: I love that. The master plan of coming in and going 6-7 and to really hike up that that offseason pay. Um, Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Don't pretend to know. I'll just tell you this. I I like Jeff Levy as an offensive coordinator. I like him as a recruiter. Um, I I like the direction of the offense. Is it perfect? No. Are there things that um, they need to do better, and I hope they do better? Absolutely. I, I, you know what? I, I think we've got to develop a, a better intermediate passing game. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Um, I think we need perhaps a little more variety and maybe a change of some of the philosophy in the running game, a lot of what we do in the running game is really good, um, you know. But I think there's some things that they could do better, and they're obviously going to be looking at some of those as a way to improve. They're not just going to continue doing the same things over and over. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I feel good about it right now. I think it's I think it's a good thing, a good positive thing to know that you know, even though you didn't have a good year, you have a, an offensive coordinator that's in incredibly high demand out there from some really, really good football programs. So I think that's a good thing. I don't know. I, I'm obviously not happy with the way the season went, but I don't know. I guess I just don't understand. the. Well, I shouldn't say I don't understand. I do understand. I Whenever you go – whenever your record is what it is, you can't expect – the fan base to sit back and be in and, and just flat out trust the process. Some people will, some people will, will trust it. Other people, you know, want want change, want uh, accountability, and they want it instantly. And I understand that. Like, I get, I get both sides to it. Just kind of comes with the territory, you know?
1: Here's the uh, text that you've been waiting on Levy is 100% using the rumors to get more money. That he does not deserve, and does not deserve as in all caps.
0: Well, maybe.
1: Uh, if he does get a pay, like just that's just kind of the business. I mean, I in any like job in America, if someone else is trying to poach you, like you can use that as leverage with your current position. Like, sure, like, Levy would not be unique to using. Uh, Nick Saban or some other coaches trying to poach him into using it for a pay raise at OU. Like, that's that's just how it works. I like think everyone knows that, right? Surely, anyway. What's the percent? Well, oh, he
0: said I was good? Oh, man. Um, I just saw a couple of guys walking by that I know. But uh, here's the thing. Um, you're right. It's the nature of the business. Whenever you're a hot name and – and people are coming after you, you have to pay for what the going rate is. Now, whether or not he deserves that, I guess, is really up to interpretation. It really doesn't matter. The market is going to set what you deserve and what you don't deserve, quite frankly. If if you don't deserve it and no one else will pay it, well, then turns out you're right. If you say he doesn't deserve it, and someone else will pay that or above that, well, it turns out you're wrong. It's just it's set by the market. As crazy as the the coaching market is right now, and it's just up, up, up and away. That's just the nature of the beast right now. And yeah. I get it, man. I totally understand. Whenever we whenever we view something through our everyday lens it stands to reason that if you have a year that falls well below expectations and what you should finish and where you should be, you know, in your conference or in your league, whatever it is, then right typically we say well, you don't earn a pay raise. And I get that, man. I I totally understand that reasoning, but unfortunately, that's just not the way it works in in the coaching carousel.
1: Santa John says, again, here's the deal. Jeff Levy has the same agent as Nick Saban. Jeff Levy received uh, some just criticism for last year's performance. What a better way to change the narrative than for Jimmy Sexton to leak slash spread the rumor that Jeff Levy is wanted elsewhere. This is the work of Jimmy Sexton. I don't. I don't think so.
0: Well... I, I I don't doubt that that
1: goes on, um, at times for sure. Right, but I, I don't think that that's the case here. I think that there's some well, here's legitimate the interest between yeah Nick Saban Nick Saban for Jeff Levy.
0: Right. Well, it's a win-win for Jimmy Sexton. Okay. Okay, Nick Saban has legitimate interest. Okay, he does, and I believe that. Um if Levy's not interested or, or whatever the, the offer like however that goes down, like it still does provide leverage at your current job to try to renegotiate. I I totally understand that. And and also to 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 prop it up that you've got a you've got a offensive coordinator that's wanted out there. Yes, I mean that makes sense, but at the same time the interest is real, so
1: correct. Yes. But it
0: is a win-win.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good way. That's a good way of saying it. Uh, program guys don't cost the program commitments. Real talk. Is that in? Uh, is that in reference to Levy? Okay, cool. All right.
0: What's the commitment? Um, I don't. Under, I don't know what is that. Program in guys. To?
1: I pro. Let me read it again. This is in all caps, so it's you know. Program guys don't cost the program commitments. Is that in, in recruiting? Or you, okay, I'm, I'm trying to understand exactly what you're meaning there.
0: Yeah, I guess I. don't know. Did he cost us some commitments from players um, not, in recruiting?
1: Not. I mean, they had a wide receiver flip to Georgia last cycle, but I wouldn't say that Levy caused you any commitments. I don't. I don't you think you can that's pin the case that on him. Yeah maybe they're saying well, since he hadn't put out a statement that he's for sure coming back that it could be costing them commitments but i think they're going to be just fine in this recruiting class
0: yeah i don't know i I don't, I don't know what that means and if he's cost them some commitments then i don't i don't know who that is or i just need a refresher on it i'm sure that i'm i'll I'll take it uh, face value that that's happened but i'll also say that It's probably vastly outweighed by the commitments that he's gotten, Oklahoma, and some of the recruiting that he's done out there. He just got –
1: ESPN uh, just got the – he just ranked Jackson Arnold as the number 3 overall player. That's that's Jeff Levy.
0: Yep. Yep, there you go. So, I don't know. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on, hanging out at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned.
1: Cavins Construction bringing to you this hour of the rush. CavinsConstruction.com for all the services they can provide for your home or your office building. Uh, I, I understand what the text is saying now. We, we talked about it uh, last hour during uh, load-up. Is, is that what you called it or start calling it now? Yeah. They're saying the reason that Michael Hawkins, 2024 quarterback, pushed his commitment date back is because of, uh, I, I guess, the rumors with Lebby and Lebby won't commit to coming back to OU next year, which I, I think that's wrong. Um, but yeah, like, here's the thing. like, I think that's just assuming. Like, How do you know that Michael Hawkins even knows these rumors are going on? May- maybe he does. I have no idea. But how do you know what Jeff Lebby is telling Michael Hawkins? He could be very well telling him, dude, I'm not going anywhere. Like, We're all pretty consistent that we think Jeff Levy's going to be the OC next year. How do we know that he's not saying that exact thing to Michael Hawkins? And if he is indeed, if he has his plan set on coming back to OU next year, I guarantee you he's telling Michael Hawkins the same thing. So, sure, it's interesting that Michael Hawkins is pushing his commitment date back, but I don't think it necessarily just has to mean that, oh, well, he might go to Alabama, so I'm going to push my commitment date back. I I don't think that's necessarily the case.
0: Well, I think it's – I'm not saying that that's not – the reason, but I would say it's more likely. Wasn't it between Oklahoma and Arkansas?
1: Uh, it, yeah, yeah. Uh huh.
0: So it's kind of behind between Oklahoma and Arkansas, and Arkansas, their offensive coordinator just took the TCU job. And it, it's probably more of a. I need some time to to consider. Maybe TCU with the offensive coordinator that you liked at Arkansas. I mean, that to me stands to reason. But hey, maybe it is Levy. Who cares? <laughs> you know. Right. I mean, it, you, there's plenty of time. He he's going to commit where he's going to commit. Um, I I don't know. I I think it's uh, right now. It's all speculation, and I know that's what we do—is speculate. But uh, we've we've really got nothing to go on on any of these things right now. Uh, so yeah. all seems of, pointless. All
1: of this for not, they're not even being an open position for an offensive coordinator at Alabama. That is definitely the case right now. But it sounds like they will have an opening sometime soon.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. They it, didn't have op-
1: they didn't have an opening at defensive coordinator either. It was just like, hey. Uh, Pete Golden's going to be the uh, – Pete Golden's going to be the new D.C. at uh, Ole Miss.
0: Right. Well, I don't know. I, I think right now it's just something to kind of watch and wait for new information and, and see what we hear out there. And until then, I there's just not really any information to go on. Some people think it's just a publicity stunt to get uh, a raise or get the, the public back in your favor. Um you know, some people think it's going to happen. Some people think it's costing us commitments. Just slow down a little bit, and uh, let's gather some more information.
1: Uh, 405, garbage take. Jeff Levy showing up is what kept the offense intact last year. Half those guys were looking at the portal when LR left. Many have said they stayed to play for him. Yeah. This one says uh, Hawkins backing off has nothing to do with Levy. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're not. I, the, look, the, the text line is not going to agree in, in unison with that. It's. Well, I guess that's going to be a, the drama moving forward.
0: It also sounds like to me, uh, at least listening to you guys on uh, loading up, mm-hmm. is that the fact that Hawkins isn't committing because Levy's. Um, job status is up in the air is a good thing.
1: Oh, for, because the text line doesn't think he's any good. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised to see that take today.
0: Yeah, I everyone. I know. Well,
1: I I, I I don't want to say everyone. A very few amount of people saw him play. Denton Geyer, who was stacked last year. No, they didn't win a state title, but they were stacked last year. Really good team. And Michael Hawkins, you know, didn't light it up for 400 yards, and now everyone just thinks that he played one bad game his junior year, so he must be awful.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I have – I've never seen him – I saw some of that game, but I don't know much about him. I know a lot of the coaches think he's going to be an absolute stud. So, I don't know. I got to go off of that. I can't really go off of having never seen the kid aside from – one game, so I guess we'll just find out. And here's the thing, man: the good players. So what is he? Probably 17 years old. Like, he's in the window now, where the the truly good players, the special players, kind of take off like a rocket ship, you know. And you really well, see them Adibare separate.
1: Did this past year, right?
0: Atabare did that. Heck, uh, the Arnold kid did. Yeah, Jackson Arnold really started to separate himself from the crowd. So I I think you'll maybe see the same thing from, from Michael Hawkins if he's that dude.
1: By the way, uh, ESPN updated their uh, top 300. Uh, Jackson yeah. Arnold, number three, ranked higher than Arch Manning. Uh, Peyton Bowen at 17. P.J. Atabari at 20. Uh, Petaway at 45. Jacoby Johnson at 48. Caden Green at 55. And Macari Vickers at 82. So – on ESPN, OU has six of the top fifty-five players in the twenty-three class. Not bad.
0: Now, do you know where those players were previously, or how no, many of them were inside ESPN. the top one hundred? No,
1: obviously Jackson Arnold. He he had a, you know a, a, up to a top three player. He he rose up for, uh, quite a bit. But no, I I, but, did, I didn't see where they were before.
0: Gotcha. Um, well, I I don't know. I wonder what it, what this if if anything it does to. Their overall class, like for for twenty four seven, does it end up maybe changing them? I know they're pretty far behind. Texas at three. The next class, yeah, right? th-
1: I, I think that they'll probably stay at four, most likely.
0: Yeah. All right, there you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one here from Newcastle.
1: Football news and notes as we close up hour one on this Monday. Blake Corum coming back to Michigan. He announced that about a month ago. Uh, looks like he's going to make over a million dollars next year uh, playing his final year with the Michigan Wolverines. Congratulations to him. Texas gets a nice ad over the weekend. They get Georgia transfer portal wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, who has uh, caught a touchdown pass in uh, all four college football playoff games that he's uh, played in uh, in Athens. With Dang. The so, yeah, nice ad for them. Really good ad for them.
0: That is. Boy, I guess the uh the Texas situation, I think, is gonna come down to quarterback, right? Yeah. If, like if, Quinn, if we see the same Quinn Ewers, which, you know, I'll give him some benefit of the doubt that he is uh he's gonna improve over this offseason, right? Got some tenure, going got some experience. So I will uh I'll concede that. But he's gonna have Arch Manning, whether you know, legitimately or not, nipping at his heels, at least in public perception, right? And I wonder what that means for him as far as uh, confidence. Like, how, how does he end up reacting to that? That's the thing to watch for Texas. Texas for
1: disappoints me. next year, it'll be probably blame mostly on him. Uh, he's got as much pressure as maybe anyone in college football next year is player wise. Quinn Ewers.
0: Yeah. I agree, 100%. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We got hour number two next. Stay with us.